Is nothing sacred anymore? Screw it, I'm gonna sell tickets to my funeral for $42. And screw the Ace family raffling off a chance to go to their wedding. One lucky ticket holder gets to take my body home. And if you're wondering what's got me all worked up, Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button. Let's just jump into it. So do y'all remember when Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, they rolled out that Tupac hologram at Coachella? And while many were like, wow, that's wild, that's amazing, I love the technology, you had a number of people going, it, it feels wrong. Right, kind of seeing it like digging up Tupac's body, propping it on stage, doing a little weekend at Bernie's action all for profit. And then apparently someone heard that argument and they were like, write that down, write that down. Because that is exactly what happened to the recently deceased, or rather the embalmed corpse of a dead rapper known as Gunu. And y'all, I mean, there is video of this on the internet. I don't think I can show it in this video. But then you see this corpse on stage at a nightclub in DC wearing a sweatshirt and jeans with a crown on his head. There's pyrotechnics going off, which if that wasn't weird enough in the audience, you have a lot of dancing going on. Either they don't realize what's happening or they don't care. Though, understandably, there's some just standing there stone faced because there's a dead fucking body in front of them. And understand, it's not like someone just randomly rolled his body there. Tickets went on sale for $40 a pop for what was billed as the final show. With Gunu having been killed back on March 18th in a Maryland parking lot shooting, which the family believes was a robbery turned deadly. Soon after, you have a funeral home reaching out to Bliss Nightclub saying, hey, we want to use your venue for a homegoing celebration. With all that then culminating into what we saw happen on Sunday. Following this video coming out, we're seeing some apologies and also some doubling down. As far as apologies, you had the nightclub posting on their Instagram. Our deepest condolences to Gunu's family, friends, and fans. Bliss was never made aware of what would transpire. We sincerely apologize to all those who may be upset offended. But as far as the doubling down standing by this decision, you had his mother telling TMZ. We um wanted to give him a party. The type of son that I had, my son loves to have fun. He was the life of the party. So that's why I sent him home that way, having a party. You, you had to be there. It was a beautiful celebration. And hey, in an attempt to be fair, I do want to know, this may be weird to a lot of us here in the United States, but different cultures do have different burial practices. In Madagascar, for example, some people open the tombs of their dead every few years. They rewrap the body in fresh clothes and dance it around. As well as in one part of India, they actually parade the body through the streets, dressing it in colors that represent the virtues of the person when they were alive. So, you know, when we change the lens of what we're looking at, maybe this becomes a little more normal. But even trying to see it from a different point of view, it's just weird to me that you would throw this out on kind of club goers and also charge tickets. But hey, that's a story. My opinion, what do you think? And remember, to be eligible to win my corpse, you gotta be a subscriber, so hit that button. And then, according to a recent State of Play report from Nielsen, consumers in the United States are overwhelmed and exhausted by streaming options, but also don't know how to stop. And I very much relate with this. If this was Brokeback Mountain, I'm Jake Gyllenhaal, and HBO, Hulu, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, all the others, they're Heath Ledger. Outdated societal norms and my wife keeping us from being together. But y'all, when you take a second to look at the numbers, which we did, it's understandable why people are so overwhelmed. Across US traditional TV and streaming, there are are 817,000 unique program titles. With the keyword there being titles, then you break it down into seasons, episodes, the, the content is endless. Which is why 46% of Americans say they think it's hard to find what to watch because there's so many services. With the report adding that consumers are feeling maxed out, adding that survey respondents felt overwhelmed by the option. But then also like so many other things that are overwhelming in our life, 93% of us say we have no plan of making any changes, or in fact, we are going to add more subscriptions. Because even though people feel stressed out, 72% of Americans say they love their user experience with streaming. When you look at the evolution of consumer habits, even just as recently as 2019 to now, right, according to Nielsen, back in 2019, 35% of subscribers had just one streaming service. In 2022, that number dropping to only 18%. With this year, 24% of subscribers having two services, 23%, three, 18%, four, 10%, five, another 7% to six plus. And specifically, when it comes to people 
people 35 to 49 years old, almost a quarter pay for five or more. And finally, funny enough, all these years after Netflix really supercharged the conversation of why am I paying for a TV bundle, I'm gonna cord cut, 64% of viewers now tell Nielsen they wish there was a bundled video streaming service that they could just pick as few or as many video services as they wanted. And for me personally, I'm in the six plus category. I realize it's a problem, but I have no intentions of changing. I'm not trying to be alone with the voice in my head. I don't want to feel my own feelings. I want to feel what the movie tells me to feel. I want to fall in love with a series, go crazy with it, binge it over three hours, and then just feel empty inside once it's over. Though, I will say, joking aside, the final thing that I want to hit on is with so many options out there, I think for me personally, that's why critic scores are more important than ever. Granted, with review bombing and the disconnect that can happen between critics and everyday people, like, it's not a perfect system, but we need filtering. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Public.com, and more specifically, Public.com slash DeFranco. You know, Public is an investing platform that helps people be better investors in the public market. It's a platform I'm so excited about, I'm an investor in it myself. You know, one of the things I love about Public is they're not trying to turn you into some sort of day trader or risky stock market gambler. They're giving you all the tools and information you need so you can make investments for the long term. Stock ownership unlocks content and education that's relevant to your portfolio, created by a million plus strong community of investors, creators, and analysts. And absolutely, I love that public puts investors first and doesn't sell your trades to market makers. Take money from payment for order flow and standard stock trades are commission free. And they now also offer 30 crypto offerings alongside thousands of stocks and ETFs. And for those of you crypto curious members new to the space, public added features like educational slideshows and volatility reminders to help educate you along your journey. And fantastically, when you go to public.com slash DeFranco, you will receive a slice of stock valued between three and $1,000 once you make an account and make a deposit. That's public.com slash DeFranco because you should definitely start investing in your future now. And then we actually had some positive news from the Biden White House that's going to affect tens of millions of people. With Biden today announcing that he's extending the pause on federal student loan payments until August 31st, pushing back the previous May 1st deadline. Making this the sixth time the freeze has been extended since the beginning of the pandemic more than two years ago. And so that means around 40 million Americans will have more time to start paying off their debts and accruing interest again. With this also including millions of people who defaulted on their loans before the pandemic and were subject to having their wages garnished or social security benefits withheld. And actually to that point, the administration said they're going to give seven and a half million Americans who defaulted a fresh start, restoring their accounts to good standing, meaning that their paychecks and federal benefits cannot be seized whenever the moratorium actually ends. And as far as where the politicians stood on this, you had Democrats in Congress arguing that allowing the payments to resume could totally destabilize borrowers who are already struggling financially with sky-high costs of food, gas, and other goods. Though, at the same time, Republicans largely opposed the move, claiming that it was unnecessary. But in a statement announcing the extension, Biden argued, if loan payments were to resume on schedule in May, analysis of recent data from the Federal Reserve suggests that millions of student loan borrowers would face significant economic hardship and delinquencies and default could threaten Americans' financial stability. And while I understand why so many on the left just want student loan debt canceled, we also shouldn't downplay or scoff at the significance of this, right? You're talking about 40 million people who owe a collective $1.6 trillion. And according to a recent analysis, those borrowers have saved almost $200 billion since the moratorium was enacted. With the J.P. Morgan Chase Institute also finding that the pause is part of the reason American families had more money in their bank accounts by the end of 2021 than they did when the pandemic started. Which is also, I think, part of the reason why we've seen top lawmakers applauding this move, but also saying that it falls short, saying the freeze should be kept in place until at least 2023. Because right, while the administration said it's forgiven more than $17 billion in loans for over 700,000 borrowers, the efforts have been piecemeal. And they still fall far short of Biden's campaign promise to cancel at least $10,000 in debt for all federal borrowers. Especially because if I'm Biden in the midterms, I'm seeing where the polling's at, you got midterms coming up, I'm like, what can I give these people? Because right, if I'm in that position a month before the midterms, I'm like, all debt is canceled, everyone gets a PS5, you didn't get those shoes on the sneakers app? Now you did. What else can I do? Right, because really, at the end of the day, political opinions only matter for a few weeks every two years. And then, let's start this story with a question. Do you think the straight should be able to legally get married? 
Personally, I uh, I don't get it. It's uh, I wouldn't want it in my house, but I I feel like, you know, what's the harm? You know, like I always say, God made Adam and Steve, not Adam and Eve. Also, before we move any further, I know every time this topic comes up in the comments, people are like, Phil's a secret straight. No, to reiterate, me and my roommate, Lindsay, are just very good friends. And those two aren't our children. There are two other roommates who have Benjamin Button's disease. And as stupid and ridiculous as everything I just said was, and my thing before this story being, yeah, pretty much everyone's on the same page regarding, you know, same-sex couples being able to get married. Because at the same time, Republican-led states are passing bills that say, hey, we're protecting children, but banning conversations around racism and the LGBTQ plus community. Republicans in the Tennessee state legislature are taking their assholery to a whole different level and proposing an anti-gay marriage bill. Right, the proposed legislation would establish common law marriages in the state, allowing couples who have lived and built lives together for a certain amount of time to have the same rights and privileges as married couples. But the bill establishes those common law marriages as between only one man and one woman, meaning that same-sex couples would not be able to access the same rights and privileges. And in addition to the concerns that this would violate the Supreme Court ruling that legalized gay marriage, there has also been a ton of backlash over another serious problem. That is that this legislation does not include an age limit, which has prompted many to worry that this proposal would allow for child marriages and open the door for abuse and predatory behavior. And actually with this, the bill's sponsor, Republican Representative Tom Leatherwood, literally acknowledged the fact that there's no limit in comments in a committee meeting, though he also pushed back against the child marriage allegations, saying this bill changes nothing in current law regarding marriage and does not allow minors to get married. And arguing it establishes another pathway to marriage in Tennessee law that addresses the conscientious objections based on deeply held religious convictions that a number of pastors and individuals have with the current law and certificate. Right, so essentially his argument is we're not stopping the gays from getting married, y'all. We're just creating marriage plus so people know these two people love each other and are not okay with the gays. But still, looking at the LGBTQ plus community as less than aside, which is a big aside, Critics have worried that the same alternative pathway to marriage could be exploited by abusers. Now, notably here, we did see state senators proposing an amendment to the bill that would put an age limit of 18, but the House has yet to take up that amendment ahead of the committee this afternoon, and the same version of the bill without those limits has already been approved by another committee. But still, even if there is an age minimum added, which please add it, this legislation would still undermine and alienate the LGBTQ plus community and rights. And then as Vladimir Putin continues to be a piece of shit and the war in Ukraine continues, a new type of weapon has come into the spotlight and that is hypersonic missiles. Are these missiles that are able to move at least five times the speed of sound and are capable of aerial maneuvers. Or the whole point is get to these targets insanely fast. Thus reducing the time your target has to react, it can outrun anti-missile defense systems and make it unclear exactly what is going on or where you're targeting. And for years now, countries have had hypersonic missile programs at different stages of development, but with the news that Russia is actively using them and is likely the world leader in that tech, it's absolutely lit a fire under the asses of Western nations to catch up. Which is why Australia, the UK, and the US just agreed to develop these missiles as part of their AUKUS defense alliance, among other capabilities. And in a joint statement saying, yes, we're gonna move forward on hypersonics as well as counter hypersonics, electronic warfare capabilities, as well as expanding information sharing and a deeper cooperation on defense innovation. And saying this will add to our existing efforts to deepen cooperation on cyber capabilities, artificial intelligence, quantum technologies, and additional undersea capabilities. And this decision has already unsurprisingly irked China, with their UN ambassador saying this expansion could lead to Ukraine-esque conflicts elsewhere. But also, that's an easy thing for them to say because they already have their own hypersonic missile. Side note, this is my obligatory moment to say fuck Xi and the CCP. But the main thing with this story is you should expect this to be the next big arms race. And to reiterate, this is not some abstract problem. These missiles have already been used in Ukraine, and when the world leader of this technology is the fucking psychopath that is Vladimir Putin, the monstrous leader of a nuclear power developing technology to have that same ability and to counter it, is a game-changing prospect. And so I guess as always, the fear of death drives us forward technologically until one day uh, the death actually comes. But ultimately that is the end of that story and today's show. My name is Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe not though. We'll see, I'm gonna try.